today. Nostalgia. You, my dear city, must know that I live without sleep. At an hour when all the workers are sleeping under the eaves, I am working down the street playing the harmonica. You are my dear city. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Sherrod Smith, and this is Real Poetry. I'm here once again with my two popcorn snatchers, Marvin and Auntie Vice. Say what up. Hey. What up? And what I just wrote, what I just read to you was a poem from Rastu, Rastus Onar. He is the poet that is in this movie that we are doing that we are reviewing over called A Butterfly's Dream. 2013 film that was nominated in the eight in the 86 Academy Awards. I don't think it won, but hey, it got nominated. Turkish entry. Interesting. For foreign for foreign language film. But this one stars in a slew of artists. I can't say the name very well. So I'm if I butcher it, I'm not gonna even try. Cause a lot of these guys, I was like, okay, Farah. I was, I, I saw that one. I saw Ashmith. I seen Karash. Uh, the disrespect. So you're just gonna carry on with the butchery, huh? Uh, I can't. Mm-hmm. Haven't Someone's... the turks been through enough? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but some of these guys, it's, it's interesting. Like Karash, he is actually a former. He's not only a, a um, actor, but he's also a model and a former basketball player. He's actually the highest paid. Um, Turkish actor, he played, yeah, Miss Far, yeah, uh, yeah, the Brad Pitt Mr. version Pitt. of um, the he's Turkish the, Brad Pitt because he literally had a really good look. Him, I don't think he was <laughs> that, that good looking, but like he definitely had a good, attractive Brad Pitt look. Yes. But while we go with, let me do the plot for this movie, okay? So, for the third for the 2013 Turkish drama film, The Butterfly's Dream, this movie starts. In Zodak, in 1941, during the war, during the midst of the World War One or two, two, World War Two, and two po- um two poets who are working in a in a hostile village as being that's being forced to work in a labor in into their labor act. They are trying to. They have both been um um both been hit hard with tuberculosis. It seemed like it's a big thing in this, in this, in the the country and stuff. And during that time, they are experiencing world war two, but also trying to experience love and doing their poetry. And their biggest thing of this whole situation is they, before meeting a girl, they want to get their stuff published in one magazine. And they've been trying so hard to get to it. But this one beautiful girl comes on named Suzanne. And they both bet that they can write a poem and whichever one she prefers wins the bet. 
So even during the time of that poem being written and they give it to her and everyone feels like they're in love with her, Restus falls ill to tuberculosis heart and gets sent away. Whereas Mafaso Musafa again days. and he was just gonna give it yeah I just feel like saying Moose and um, Russ <laughs> that might uh, be a smarter idea or we could just call Moose it R&M and, yeah Moose just and to Russ. avoid any insult <laughs> Moose and Russ both um, are falling for this girl but Moose falls more for this girl after Russ goes um, goes away to the to get quarantined for um, his tuberculosis. And then during the fact, Russ falls in love with another woman over there named Midhan. Midhan. And the whole time is the fact of how things unwind and unveil through these two individuals and these poets love fest while trying to survive before they die from tuberculosis. Thoughts, Marvin? After watching this movie, I'm moving to Istanbul. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. That was the bluest water I have ever seen in my life. Most gorgeous scenery. Holy crap. That is beautiful, though. And and the U.S. loves to propagandize everything. And then we come across a movie like this. Oh. What's the rent like in Turkey? <laughs> Probably cheap. They are in poverty. <laughs> yeah, for a green grocer. Yeah. Recently no, but, vacated position, apparently. Yeah, seriously. No, but uh, no, no. That aside, I actually really enjoyed this movie. Um, really? Yeah. I, there was a part of me that just really connected with how this movie expressed how daily life can really fuck with you while some of the romantic notions and acts that were done throughout this movie were a little little kitschy and cliche i mean these are also two very artistic people that we're talking about and name me one person from our scene who does not know how to like rein it in like everybody that we know not naming names does like they just absolutely fucking go balls to the walls when they want to profess any form of affection. And this is deemed a romantic act in their eyes and our fucking scene without realizing that normal adults don't fucking even do this. Um, I really connected with Roos's character a lot. This boyish attitude, this charm about him and his nativity to the world before you know like dude even tuberculosis did not bring him down tuberculosis which is uh, essentially fatal might i add back in those days and still doesn't have a cure now and he's like i got three square meals a day in the <laughs> sanatorium what yeah, what did. kind of chipper ass attitude is that you've been handed a death sentence and you're fine and he's talking about his play and all these great artistic endeavors he has and then all of a sudden it's when he gets married and he sees his significant other like slowly wither away is and rent 
needs to be paid. Oh, that's when the real world hits him. I feel for you, R. I feel for you. <laughs> Our device. <laughs> so I agree. It was a beautiful film. I loved the cinematography of it and the setting of all of this. Um, it brings me back to the question, why do films that feature poets with tuberculosis feel like it takes them fucking forever to die? Like, Oh, yeah, that's I, right. Bright Star. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. And then you've got the English patient. You got Like, what is it about tuberculosis films that make them feel like they go on for four and a half hours? Hey, at least um, this one was enjoyable. This had some very cute parts to it and some very sweet parts to it. Mm-hmm. But it was also kind of dragging for me. Like I, I'm like maybe I just wasn't in the mood for a a, a quiet, <laughs> slow, slow, slow romantic film. Um, I did like the fact that it does capture that <clears throat> period in in your late teens and early adulthood where love you've fallen head over heels for people, and you know you're going to do anything to make it work, and they did capture that, you know, that artistic side of, oh my gosh, I've had a brilliant idea for a play, so I'm going to work it out, even if I don't have any of the basics, even writing tools to do this. And I'm, I'm going to write my passion. I'm going to produce it with another set of, you know, uh, playwrights and, and kids at my school. And that they did capture that well. I thought that was very yeah, sweet. Again, the French... to... Go ahead. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Didn't mean to cut uh, you off here. Oh yeah, and I was gonna say I thought the friendship between the the two poets was very sweet, and you know they have their mentor who was stepping up and and all of that. I thought that was really well done. I just found myself going pick it up, pick up the pace. Like I was just uh, I'm sure at one point we had to pause the film to go do something, and I'm like, oh dear God, we're only 23 minutes in because it felt like we had been there for an hour. So it it drugged for me, but it was pretty to watch, and and they did have some sweet parts to it. Um, I I get on the contrary, I think it was perfectly paced. I think yeah, well, kind of like to what you harken back to what you said about how this really captured teenage and young adulthood. Hmm. Every day felt long. Every day felt like a slow drag when, you know, you're just a mindless youth who just thinks everything is at your disposal. But then when adulthood hits, oh, man, am I just chasing sunlight? I think this film really grabbed it really well. You're right. It did go slow. But then when that last half hour came in, when... M needed to go find Susan and then he ran into Mr. Greengrocer again. That picked up. That the pace really picked up in how quick R lost his wife and how quickly they just dis- their health deteriorated. Yeah, and that's I think that's pretty re- well that and and you know fairly realistic in that we need health care, but we're poor, so we're we're in this lottery to get health care. I mean mm-hmm. That's still the U.S. today. So, <laughs> also, I want to say that's you're right. They had a very sweet friendship. What what bros? They're like, we're not gonna fight over this girl. We, we're just gonna see who she falls madly in love with through artistic value. That's a yeah, cute. That, that's a cute notion. That's a cute notion. Mm-hmm. But just because she liked ours work. <clears throat> didn't mean she liked art better because right. it was, like like obviously as adults we understand this but dude dude 
really? No, and I think they did a great job at capturing that part of being a young artist, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and in that way, it parallels a number of other films about young adulthoods and being an artist and stuff that I think are very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the whole scene with, with him making her fantasy come true and taking her into the mines and everything. Um, again, I think it really captured that naivete and that everything for love moment that mm-hmm. so many artistic folks have. Um, and it was pretty to watch, but yeah, I could have gone for a little more, a little faster pacing than this one. <laughs> I guess, but I got to yeah. say one of my favorite moments which was also one of the saddest moments was uh, when R is bathing his wife of alcohol and he's going, you're, you're the thing that keeps everything from being bleak. He's like, Jesus yeah. Christ, this is a really <laughs> beaten down man. I feel for you. I get where you're coming from, but that was a good scene. I thought that was a really good scene. It's a very good scene. I think for me, some of that was a little harder to watch is somebody who is chronically ill and, you yeah. know, Sharon has had to do all of, you know similar stuff mm-hmm. and then that that gets hard for me yeah um, i i don't know i thought that was a very beautiful scene but i get where you're coming yeah. from yeah I, I it was it was but yeah for for someone in my position it's a little harder to watch yeah that makes sense hmm. i i thought the movie i enjoyed a lot of the scenes in the movie because I, I think i called about i called out to exit um by saying that wow they got a lot of good scenes on this movie uh, a lot of set a lot of the landscape itself was very beautiful mm-hmm. uh even some of the areas they went to is like oh, okay this is very beautiful mm-hmm. um what cracked me up for the whole movie was one well there's three parts that cracked me up one part was when he first when they first introduced themselves to Susan and she didn't shake his hand because he because uh, Russ crossed and coughed in his hand and she's like mm back up and walked away and next you know um moves get mad at her when he sees her again and says you didn't shake my friend's hand you know you can't get tuberculosis from um shaking someone's hand she was like and that was the first thing not, not even say hello to her it's the first thing that comes out of his mind is like you didn't shake my friend's hand just just let them on it's like you know you don't get tuberculosis from shaking people's hand it's like okay see that was rude. a little too real for me too <laughs> mm. a little rude Okay. Um, second one was like I told um Vice, I said the patriarchy in this whole show was so abusive. Every father was almost, I'm not saying a madman, but was just just evil in so many t- I mean, when they when one when um the first one when um Moose was basically holding the the um the mirror for his dad to shave and his dad like said something that that freaked him out so I was like and then also when susan gets basically cross slapped over the face for face because she got caught um they got they found they got they both got caught in the um the mine and next you know she gets picked up and he just looked at it and just went pack and i was like and threw her behind over i was like dang that that's just messed up. I mean, even though he got beat up, I oh, think yeah, he, I, I, was about to I think say, the father he got a pretty bad beat down. I he think did. the father, like you know, told him like, "Yeah, knock him out." You know, get him, that was get some, some Godfather shit him. right there. That was some oh, yeah. Godfather <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> I think they, yeah, I think they got paid because I, I remember they, I think they did a scene where 
they show like, yeah, we did the work. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I mean, like, uh, I'm not going to say this as an excuse, but this was definitely a very, uh, it bygone of its era type of mm-hmm. look into fatherhood, I guess. I could, yeah, I think it's pretty realistic mm-hmm. for, for that era yeah. of how. Yeah, I could say with like, without any hesitation, like that scene when M goes to see his parents and he's eating dinner and he's going, yeah, I got better, but I can only stay for the night. And it's mainly his mother who talks to him and his dad barely utters a fucking sentence. Oh, that's my family dinner dinner table right there to the T exactly with emotion and how we conversate. Like it's my mom who talks the most and my dad who barely mentions the word. That's my whole family in a nutshell right there. Ouch. Uh, And the last one that really caught my attention was the the um hospital scene of them well for both of them being in the hospital and they're both getting wiped down with alcohol and stuff and you know they go eat they have everyone eating there i started i started really getting i mean i understood them eating and they all have the regular so it wasn't like it's going to make no difference but i remember when they all went for a picnic and he he was getting bad as the but he still they still were fighting over the food. I was like, he's ba- he's gonna pass it around. I don't want it. Back up, <laughs> eat the food yourself. I, I don't want none of this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want none of that. You can you can eat everything. You can eat it all. Here you go, dog. Here How many go. people are going into crowded venues without a mask currently, though? Oh my, sure. I'm not getting into this right. <laughs> that's all i'm saying is it, oh again God. i think they captured a realistic way humans respond to this <laughs> yeah that's very true um just to piggyback off of that though sharon i think one of the funniest moments i think, think when you were like talking about like how they were sharing food in the hospital dude it sat on a fucking hilltop in what was essentially an island surrounded by the bluest shiniest water i've ever seen in my life yeah. like what the fuck <laughs> I mean, I think it was funny that their teacher B had to basically beg that um beg that um, um surgeon to get um moves in because and he said if we you gotta let this guy live he's a he's a very excellent poet <laughs> so, and he's like read me a poem then it's so like dumb. that was so dumb that was so why dumb. is it dumb oh well, yeah dumb. because that's exactly like hearing Kanye go Jack Harlow is top five right now. That was that equivalent. That don't mean shit to me, buddy. <laughs> hey, got oh, see, it, man. <laughs> I, I took it as like when you tell somebody you, you're a comic, so tell me a joke. Mm-hmm. Like that's the immediate response. And so again, I think they kept the, whoever wrote this really understood human nature mm-hmm. and yeah. was able to capture it in those very small, quiet ways that made it a solid film. Mm. Um, and that's what I liked about it. I mean, I, there was a lot of reality in how people responded. It didn't seem overblown or forced or, you know, melodramatic or anything. Um, unlike some of the other, you know, period films we've watched on here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, 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 yeah. Um, so, so one thing, what y'all think about the Susan character? What do you think about, what do you think about her? Did you feel that she was too bubbly, too naive, too kind of controlled? Um, it's the Turkish version of Rose. Ah, 
Nice. I'm sorry, but she just <laughs> wants a, she wants herself a little poor boy because she wants to feel something in her life because her life is so rich and boring. I thought you meant Rose from the Golden Girls. I'm like, where were the St. Olaf stories? <laughs> it took me a second. No, no, I meant Rose from the Titanic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Rose. Yeah. No, there were no good St. Olaf stories, but she was bubbly like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she just wanted her uh, poverty porn for the for the moment, mm-hmm. and to have her uh, romantic tryst. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was very reminiscent to me of um, uh, what's her face's romance in. Um, Sound of Music, the 16-year-old. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of, which I was probably a pretty normal reaction to being a rich girl who's not affected uh, at, in the same way that others were by World War II in your region, right? Where you mm. can still have that romance and you can still have those dreams and all of that where other people are much more directly impacted by the political world around you. Mm-hmm. Never really thought about that. You're right. I mean, even that, I, I give it up to Moose one thing. He basically took a lot of beatdowns. I mean, through this whole movie, he got beat down by a lot of people with this girl. I mean, he got beat down by those young guys at the dance when they were at the ball. And, he, and he's trying to give those um, poems to her. And they basically, those, the, her, her dance partner came back with all his friends and tried to beat him up. And then even even him getting caught, he got beat up. I mean, he took a lot of beatings for this woman. <laughs> He's going for the ghost. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna keep going. Leave for it to it. young, yeah. young foolish love to. But is it foolish? I mean, I, at first it was. He, first the, he dragged I, her to. Okay, he didn't drag her to a coal mine. I'm sorry, that wasn't the right way to say. It. But like he, it was her choice. He he agreed to put her into a very very dangerous situation uh i'm sorry okay maybe one visit to a coal mine is not going to immediately get you tuberculosis but when you know that area is the one thing that has the highest probability to get you that one thing and you care tremendously for a person as you say you do you're still going to bring them to it no that's young foolish love just to see a smile on her face that that was really fucking stupid but that's real i mean how many of us did really stupid shit to impress somebody at that age? Oh no, I mean, and I agree with that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I yeah. didn't do something like that when I was a kid, <laughs> kid his age, and like that young and foolish. I definitely did do that. But at the same time, I, as an adult, can say, "Come on, man! Come on! Come on!" Yeah, exactly. But if technically he didn't want to do it. She wanted to do it, and she yeah, basically yeah. kind of. What did she do? She pouted. She pouted, and what? Then, and then, how did he respond? Oh, I'm gonna go on a, a sullen walk back home, kick rocks, and oh, whoops! I found some disguises for you, Suzanne. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and he I mean, didn't even fucking kiss her when the they had time. that little moment with the mud. I'm sorry, you fucked up, homie. You fucked up. Well, well, you know, he, he the biggest thing was he didn't want to, you know, let her attract tuberculosis because, you know, no kissing, no hug. I know. I know. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> that was the whole point. That's the reason why they didn't get to the whole freaking movie. He brought her into a fucking coal mine at that point. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You got it, baby. <laughs> I don't want to burn you with this match, but I'm going to take you into a burning building. 
<laughs> well, they didn't know it was going to be the end. They're going to get lice checked. <laughs> it still got lice checked. <laughs> she got lice you checked still got lice. Yeah, it's still got lice. If that's the worst she got, medically, aside from the hit, aside from that, like that backhand from Pops, she should consider herself lucky. Lice is easily curable. Moms did really well and was very gentle with that, might I add. They didn't shave her fucking head. That, that, she went in there and just started popping them. Like, like that's also peanuts. a very patient mother, might I add, to, like, <laughs> to do that. Go ahead, Auntie Rice. I know you want to say something. <laughs> I'm like, that. that's a, a certain type of mom, too. Not every mom's going to, to pop your lice. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Oh, it was worse. And then they like allow that popping. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that was disgusting. That was bad. That was bad. Oh, so, so when they went, when they went to the sanatorium and sanatorium, sanatorium, and it seemed like they ran away because the um, bougie-torium. I, I, I'm sorry. I just got to call it the bougie-torium. Why was it bougie? Because they had three meals a day and they had a cod sleep. And Russ was basically like saying, man, this is the best place. What are we going to go? Go back home? Again, <laughs> might I add, on an island, on top of yes. a fucking hill. Yes. Gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous. With all that treetop scenery overlooking Ooh. that sea. No, that's bougie-torium. Even when they had the whole, even when they had the whole snow scene? Mm-hmm. Fuck yes. <laughs> that was the whitest snow I ever seen. I was like, that's the white snow. <laughs> and they didn't have to shovel that shit? Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> they, they had COVID. Or not that COVID, they had tuberculosis. <laughs> oh, well, okay, uh, that was really, like it, like if they all they did was like barely cough every now and then, and they still got three. I know it's super fucked up for me to say this. I I, I preface this with that, but movie logic says <coughs> maybe one <laughs> out of twenty scenes, and you get three square meal, three hot square meals a day. Pretty nice living quarters. Don't even have to suck a dick. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) And you fall in love. Fall in love with someone from the women's dorm. Bougie-torium. I'm sorry. They just essentially went to boarding school. They essentially went to boarding school. Like, bougie-ass prep schools. But I get where it's going. I mean, technically, they are away from their family. They are, you know, they they, they are right now going through a situation where they do have a disease that is very, that needs work. You know how much my sister would kill for two weeks at some place like that without her kid around, I don't know. They it's also just, had typewriters, a room full did, of typewriters. Oh, he, yeah, they, they fell for that one. We stole my head. That was That's a, a bougie ass sanatorium. Well, it just it just showed this. It just showed the difference between their life, their life they live to mm-hmm. where they went to. And it's like, look at this. And I mean, they made a whole big old thing of the montage when they basically showed all. I think it was like nine or 12 freaking um typewriters and they're all look at the paper like oh my god look at all this paper <laughs> the fucking teacher even said he couldn't get paper right and they had a stack of paper <laughs> just oh just i i love the fact that the the teacher used old student papers to type on oh that was true yeah that that, was cracking that's kind of like that's kind of telling mm-hmm. now I'm assuming this either this had to be a government-sponsored thing, or you literally sold someone's firstborn child <laughs> to put them into this privatized sanatorium. 
<laughs> well, you know, I, yeah, I think it was a government run. Yeah, name name me one government sponsored thing here in California that is even half that not well equipped and nice. Good question. I, I but I haven't been to many institutions that use. Well, um, I I remember um, uh, Beck. I mean, um, I device your your stepfather. He was working in the institution. How was? Mm-hmm. Did he ever talk? Did he ever talk about it? He worked in the state hospitals for the criminally insane. They are not yeah. that nice. Although he did work at the one in Napa, which is the only way I could afford to uh, live in Napa. Would be. <laughs> No, they have this enormous campus in Napa for the criminally insane. I mean, seriously, it's the only way I would ever be able to afford a place there. Right across from the university. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the junior college. As we're driving by, Sharon's like, oh, this is California's Arkham Asylum. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is where he worked. Um, I mean. It looked, like an old ba- it looked like an old boot camp. Yeah, it, it, it was a converted uh military base dormitory thing again um, again yeah. just ant- proving my point yeah exactly no i mean and yeah because the, the state hospitals in california it's there there's one down in atascadero which is right by um uh what's spa what's the the college down there uh, where in spa uh spo um right Are you below. talking about um san, uh, san luis obispo Slow, yes. San Luis Obispo. So, yeah, there's Napa, Atascadero, which is near San Luis Obispo. And then there's one in Vacaville. So, Vacaville is real shitty. Vacaville is where they had a nurse killed. But, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, I remember that one. But, yeah, the one in Atascadero has ocean views and stuff. So, yeah, as long as you're criminally insane. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Keep that in mind. (laughs) Is the food good? They have a good good spread. They had a good spread. And this, the, in this place, they had a good spread. Yeah, yeah they, they had a good did. spread. They, they, they had like some type of lentil bean soup yeah. thing, some rice, like a pretty nifty non selection or something like that. From the looks of it, like yeah. yeah. I mean, and if you if you've been living in poverty, That's you know, it's not the worst. I mean, there are plenty of folks now who prison is not the worst place in the world to be. I mean, you've got healthcare. To an extent, you've got, you know, a regular place to sleep, regular food, right? This is, we've used our prisons to replace mental health institutions in this country. So it is similar in that way. I Mm -hmm. mean, and we've done that in California. When Reagan got rid of all the mental health institutions, that's why we ended up with so many people with mental health issues in jail. They don't need to be there, but that's where they go. Hmm. It just it just pointed out to me that the um, uh, Chris Rock made an uh, old joke about it. if you if you have a um, if you're in a bad um, ghetto, a new jail is not that bad. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> a new jail is not that point. bad. I mean, Pelican Bay is a beautiful facility, but you know everybody up there is stuck in ag seg, which is you know a form of torture. So yeah, no, they talk There's- about how. Uh, San Quentin is now like a really great place for a lot of prisoners who want to like get re-education and everything like that, like to to get reintegrated back into society. Mm -hmm. They offer fucking college courses, which I'm hoping they don't have to pay for. 
No, they get you can get they can get a master's degree. Uh, out of that good thing. fucking fucking good for them. Yeah, but I mean, and here I am like it. a schmuck paying off my own fucking loans. But you got to also look at the fact that where can they go after they get it? That's uh, the downfall. The trodden the thing. You can have a master's degree or whatever, or get close to a doctorate, but you can't. You know, you go out and got to be you know a felon. Well, that's society's fault. I, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, aside from us three who can look at this with a critical eye, I was like, well, you did steal this, but <laughs> what was the reason? Like, I, I feel like we can all agree outside of like heinous, heinous shit, aka rape and mm-hmm. child abuse and predatory shit of minors. Everything else is a pretty circumstantial thing. To a point, yeah, yeah, but people look at property damage and stuff as a as a bad thing too. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you get an MD, and then you can then you can keep your license because I've been referred to more than one MD with multiple felony convictions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here's another here's another poem. This one is from um Maz. He basically he this is a letter. This is from the letter from um Russ um uh, Russ. Before all else, my greetings to all the poets. Then I would like to say that death is not nice at all. Not even a single dawn or dust within. I kiss the hand of the streets for teaching me how to live. Whether friend or foe, I wish a nice day to all. Tell the blonde typewriter, I do not exist anymore. Remind the fateless fellow the world is not left for anyone how can i forget life was nice but octay was right memories just like birds need branches to land and i do remember this was this was actually one of the poems that he said while he was walking um when he was on walking um with the with the letter coming in his hand and and he saw and we saw Russ walking around in the in the um the the sanatorium looking at people and you know and this is one of the letters that he this one of the poems that he read that he wrote that he um read about so yeah I get I get that he was talking about but the whole so do you all get the whole purpose of the butterfly theme? I think it's kind of is freedom essentially what they said like remember a lot of their like really beautiful moments in these like really beautiful scenes in this movie was when they were away from civilization but like near nature mm-hmm. a device you know i honestly have to say a little of that was lost on me but part of it was uh just i was having a hard time keeping up with the subtitles because surprisingly <laughs> it went the language went very quickly. Most of the time I don't have problems keeping up with reading subtitles, but it went very quickly. And the butterfly poem was one of them. I don't know. I felt like this one was actually pretty slow in terms of its subtitles. Mm-hmm. I, I, I say this only because I watch a lot of anime and that shit goes by <laughs> so quick. Like so That's quick. True. Japanese is such a fucking quick language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I will say the the poetry in this has got to be the best of some of the out of the movies we've watched. Mm-hmm. This had phenomenal poetry. True, I, I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. Mm. 
so with that in mind, um, so I'm gonna come down to the 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 last um scenes of the the movie was the death of Russ in that room that caught me right there when your your friend is dying in front of you. I was like, wow, they're really gonna show this. I mean, they were writing up, they were writing up a storm on the walls as much as possible to get as much as their poems done and written out on the wall. Like that was gonna be like that, like that wall was gonna be shrined somewhere in time. They made sure all their poems were put up, but his friend died right there in his arms while he was telling him that, hey, you know, she liked your poem and I didn't tell you because I resented you a little bit for it because you wrote a poem, but I wrote a love letter and his friend died right there. I was like, dang. That line aside, because mm-hmm. I think I already explained it, that I thought that was dumb, that like he cared so much that artistically he wasn't seen by his love interest, even though she saw him. Right. I thought, despite its embellishment, I thought that was a very good scene. I thought it was fitting. I thought this movie started and ended the way, or ended in the same way it started with the two of them together. M and R were very close. They never had any kind of, outside of that one line of resentment, which was not even like a big beef by any stretch of the means, but more so at an emission of guilt, they had a very beautiful and loving friendship. If I like, they made fun little joking bets of, I'll give you my gold pocket watch. No, my gold fountain pen. All my gold now belongs to you because she liked your, your work better than mine. When he sees M in the sanatorium, he's like, I wish it was, you came as a visitor. Why? Because you don't want to see me. He's like, no, because you're here because of your illness. And they write letters together or to one another. Like they had right. such a great friendship. And then that moment when they dropped and they're like, even when they <laughs> the argued the about writer. like, yeah, like even when they were like arguing about the light and everything, and then they dropped the lighter, like the typewriter. And they kind of did that little moment where they looked over the balcony. Like, dude, <laughs> that's such a sweet friendship that they had. That was a real good yeah, one. So, it was a little bit, it was a bit much, but it ended the same way it started. Like I said, I thought it was good. But did it end the way it started? Cause I mean, technically it, they put, you know, they, he, they, he fell over, they put him into the grave. And even though Susan came out to see, you know, to, to, to go to the funeral and stuff, you know, all the family was leaving and stuff. It, it was almost as if, he wanted to be with her, but she knew that it'll never be. Oh, yeah. It was a very Spider-Man, Toby McGuire asking on it. But it did feel that way, didn't it? <laughs> well, great McGuire comes with great responsibility. No, well, what I mean is, I mean, it started with them together, like literally in the movie. Like they, you see everybody coming out of the coal mine and Russ yeah. sees M. Right. Then they make that joke because they see Susan going into yeah. that little boat. Russ leaves them and M again watches Susan leave because he doesn't want her or can't have her. Right. It ended, it's, well, not exactly what we all wanted. It seems parallel to my, mm-hmm. in my, my opinion, at least. Advice, what do you think? 
for me, this whole thing had a lot of overtones of Lab OM. And so one of the things is when he's dying in the room and choking on it, I thought, finally, somebody's going <laughs> to die of tuberculosis and not have to hit a high C. Like, because like how many freaking like operas is is the the soprano dying of tuberculosis, and in their dying song they hit this high C, right? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he just freaking choked on his own blood, I'm like, yes. <laughs> like the person who sat through way too much opera is like, oh my god, finally a realistic tuberculosis death scene. Um, because it always gets me an opera, always, always gets me an opera. Um. And, but yeah, I mean, this to me felt very similar to La Boheme in a lot of ways, where you have the artist and they're pursuing this woman. And so for that, I I, I found that very appealing, right? Okay. It's the same reason Rent is appealing. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's very, very characteristic of that. You know, there's this horrible disease ravaging and we've got these artsy people living in poverty. And I mean, this is a story told hundreds of times. And this is just, this is a lovely way to do it. Um, you know, a little slow for me the other night, but you know, that really could have just been the space I was in. I've been feeling much more superhero blow them up stuff. I, I was really happy that there was a new episode of Peacekeeper Peace to watch with Peacemaker. Peacemaker when we were done with this. <laughs> it's okay, I've been in my food wars moment, so I'm feeling all the romance, <laughs> except sometimes this romance might be horniness based on food wars. <laughs> <laughs> but, you want to bring the two together and watch Always Be by Maybe. That uh, is a darling food. I've already watched it. Come on now. Understand who you're talking to. Ali Wong and Randall Park. Ugh. I, I, and and right. then it has all the 90s like wow. like call outs and everything like that. And they played like 93 to oh. And his final song of of punching. Keanu Reeves. It's oh worth my the god! Whole yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm. Come on. Like he fought with Keanu Reeves, and they did like that. It was great. It was great. But that's. But this is about the butter. Yeah, and, yeah. And nobody me. died of tuberculosis in that yeah. one. And not about me gushing over how great always be my maybe is because it's a wonderful film. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! I know. Well, I think that's a certain time for us to go into doing. <laughs> Snap judgment. <laughs> where we basically go into doing snap judgment, where we basically rate the movie that we have just reviewed. If the movie is a three, this movie is fantastic. It's the love appeal of the landscape that just soars into your mind and everything gets escaped. If it's a two snaps, it's not that bad, but it really is not that good. One snap. This movie needs to go in the same grade, rusted, while Moose put on the top poets. <laughs> oh, that was so sweet. That was so sweet. <laughs> we go in quarter snaps. In the count of three, we will close our eyes and open for our rating. Close your eyes. One, two, three. All right, open them up. Wow. 2.5, 2.5, and a 2 from Marfin. I know. What the, what's with this on? What's device? up? We haven't been like, on sync lately. I was I know, on we sync gotta, with her. We got to get you up for a, for another crossfaded episode. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not complaining about that. I want to cuddle with Hank some more. 
Yeah. He's been a cuddler. <laughs> the boy's got a grip. He's got a grip. <laughs> He's got a grip now. <laughs> Hank's going to have to feed me dinner first. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why did you give it a two, Marvin? Well, Excuse I me. think it's kind of like Auntie Vice said. Like, I mean, despite me saying very little about its pacing, it was slow. And then there were very unrealistic moments, in my opinion. And then maybe it was just purely because, like, as a realistic, jaded adult, I'm like, no, no, I went through this route already. Don't do that. Don't don't bring her into the coal mine, you fucking <laughs> idiot. But, but like, it, it just had some moments that, while I understood and saw how it would happen, I also can't just sit here and go, this was a good movie. That was a good idea. I think it just hit too close to home on my on EDC, so I have to give it the two. <laughs> Still good film, though. Still good film. Even more surprised me, our device. Why is it even a 2.5? It would have been a two, but the poetry was so outstanding in okay. this. I really think they had quite a few pieces of poetry, and they were all really solid pieces. So while it's a solid film in general, that the extra oomph of having some really excellent writing incorporated it, it gave it a bump for me. Hmm. I felt I felt the same way as you felt, device. Uh, just to piggyback on it, I also felt the landscaping took the breath away. A lot of a lot of the, a lot of the shots that they did were just pretty spot on. I mean, the even even the coal mine scene and stuff. I mean, you you felt when they were in the coal mine and you saw that big long tunnel and they all were freaking scared. You were like, "Wow, this is dangerous." This is a dangerous life to live, and I actually thought it was. Actually, I actually thought they were in communism. I was like, I thought I, I thought they were actually going to communism. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know if Turkish Turkish does is, is a communist mm. country, but I was. I was. I felt like they were doing. It felt like communism. Like they had some kind of weird communistic version. And we were. I mean, we were even worried about were the soldiers Russian or were, who were the soldiers? Are we were assuming that they probably were Turkish, but. It wasn't wasn't really um, explained. So 2.5, 2.5, and a 2. That is seven snaps out of nine. That's actually not a bad score for this movie. We want to let you know that this movie did also get an entry nomination in the 86 Academy Awards. So it must be doing something right. I mean, same, same MO as Bright Star, but... We didn't like Bright Star. No, we didn't. So, I am Sharon. That's Marvin. That's Auntie Vice Marvin. Why don't you give them your social media? Yeah, you can find me on IG at StarvinMarvin09. And if you guys want to help contribute to Marvin going to a prep school to understand <laughs> bougie white people shit, Vemo and Cash App <laughs> at StarvinMarvin09. <laughs> Every dollar gets Marvin closer to that moment, <laughs> to that school. I'm still trying to understand words and pictures. Okay, look, I just it, it just doesn't make sense. Really, no words and pictures doesn't make sense, huh? It's okay. it's some prep school bullshit, and I mm. do not understand. Auntie Vice, you can find me at Auntie Vice on most social media and. 
check out um, auntievice.com slash classes uh, for all the upcoming classes I am teaching. And you can find Sharon here with that lovely voice at I am big zine. That is I-A-M-B-I-C-Z-I-N-E. And we'll come back with another episode. We'll probably do Sylvia since it's going to be the last of the, well, one of the last of the February. So we'll probably do Sylvia as much as Marvin didn't say Mulan. Ha ha, I got you. All right, cool. I thought I shut it off, and I was like, no, I'm going to wait. I'm really off my game today. You know what? You, you know, really are. I thought you were going to say doing the whole word. You, you said word and picture first. I was like, hmm. I <laughs> saw your eyes go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he did not point it out. I was like, we don't count this. Game. The streak has been broken. The drinking game is over, folks. He didn't say Mulan. I blame work. I blame work. <laughs> <laughs> I blame work. Well, you have it, folks. He blames work. Mulan's not gonna be on this one. Well, I said it, so you might get a couple of drinks, but you know, well, see, it doesn't count. It me. doesn't count because I didn't say it, but you can say it. You said it in honor of me, but it doesn't I said count it in on my own. Yes. <laughs> and Mulan. Mulan Mulan Mulan. Mulan Mulan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace. <laughs>